I would like to and will thank everybody who is, helps us, not only by attending this kind of a very unusual presentation of what this is all about. Not many people are doing that. Not many teachers are doing that. Some, maybe thousands. That's not very many in a world of billions. So first of all, thank you for that help and for financial financial support, which obviously we need this kind of activity. But it would be a bit different for each person, and it would uh, each person would meet that where it's at. It would either help them or it would continue to help us if you can. You have to look at your own situation and see if you can do that. You'd share some of your incredible wealth or share some of your poverty. Karma can't unplug. Karma. Karma. Sanskrit for action. Any The action that is dependently arisen, that is not about the singularity of this moving through space and striking this. That's the simple kind of karma of just cause and effect that most of the world is trapped by. That's the illusion that something happened and you could do something about it. You could stop that. You could make it increase. You could slow it down. You could speed it up. You could paint it red. Yeah, you can. Go ahead. Go ahead and wrestle with your life. But if you wrestle with it, you will miss it. Karma can't unplug the illusion that this caused that, caused that, caused that, that we get trapped in, encourages us to feel that, well, I could just stop that, or I could move this over, or I could marry her, or I could divorce him, and then my life would begin. No, your life has never begun. This is an illusion that you are deluded by. Am I accusing you of something? This is unreal. That's unreal. Is it a sound? It's a sound. Is it a movement? Is it something happening in your visual consciousness? Yes. But we add, subtract, and divide to everything that happens. This is called delusion. If we see that it is an illusion, you won't meddle with it. You may a little, but you may move into it a little and push on something a little bit, but it will be extremely situational. You'll have complete respect for the confusion that is arising in your mind stream. If you don't respect your confusion, how are you ever going to really relate with that in a direct, honest, genuine way? You won't be able to because you'll be pulled into it thinking parts of it are real, parts of it should be, parts of it shouldn't be. Everybody reach up and grab their right, uh, is this the right side? Yes, their right earlobe. Now yank on that a little bit. Okay, everybody's doing this. Now pull a little bit. That's about as much power as you have in this world. You feel that? That You can feel that. It feels very real and very definite. But that's pretty much the extent. You can pull on that really hard and change it blue. Andrea, would yours turn blue too? (laughs) (laughs) Probably would. Probably, you know, everybody's blood is red. So pull on that. It would hurt. Everyone would feel that. You can't really you can't really change the world by doing by pulling, which is passion, or by shoving, shove, which is aggression. You can stop now. <laughs> I feel like you're in the third grade. Well, I have to start where you're at. That's what I, I claim to do, starting where you're at. So, and we all have to be in the third grade at the same time. My third grade teacher, her name was Mrs. Vest. What a beautiful woman she was. 
and kind. I noticed that. You remember, you, you remember that when you think back when you're very young, you could, with adults, you could tell who was really kind and fair and uh, generous and who was so wrapped up in themselves that they would abuse a child in one way or another. Pretty obvious in your memory. So you can't change much by doing that. Don't do it. Don't just observe that. Observe the, to use it metaphorically, to, to observe your mind start to reach for something to change it. Catch it at the beginning. Catch it when it first starts to come out of the mind stream and to uh, endorse, inform, perpetuate, animate the vocal cords, the musculature. Don't do it. Stop. This is, this is actual discipline, not the discipline that controls. Discipline, need, discipline needs to come out of your awareness, not of, out of the stupid uh, accomplishment or, or uh, uh, accumulation of relative knowledge. There's going to be some of that. Yes, we need some relative knowledge. That's what this is. This is relative. Move the arm, grasp the earlobe, pull. That's relative. But what is being pointed at here is the ultimate nature of this situation. And that can only be found by, as far as I know, there might be some magical formula on planet X that I haven't heard about yet. Probably heading my way. So just watch the movement of the mind stream. And when you practice shikantaza, wall gazing, watch the mind stream so you get your own personal, and so far, as far as there, and so far as there is a person, your own personal information or understanding of what it means to what it means or what it feels like or what it seems like when you move forward towards something you're magnetized by something or you're repelled by something get that very simple subtle movement back and forth needs to be seen acknowledged received so that your understanding starts to go below the thinking process below the i i know about it i don't know about it it's right it's wrong it should be it shouldn't be and all the other cultural uh, structures and substructures under and supporting our self-centeredness, our ego, our narcissism, that which is unreal. There is no solid being here. This voice has dependently arisen. There is no person here. Don't believe that, but consider it. Just look and see, is there a person? There are the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching the perception of a parent other. Concept or the thinking process. This is the fourth one. This is the one that when things go awry, we immediately jump on it with thoughts, concepts, ideas, uh, opinions, analysis, logic. I guess you call it logic, even if it does go in a circle. We're not trying to get rid of any of that. No, include all of that. Just look at the priorities that are based on greed, the priorities that are based on hatred, using extreme forms. The, the priorities there are, are based on just not want to get, get rid of that. What can I look at so I don't have to see the turmoil over here? Probably not saying anything that you haven't already looked into yourself, of course. So it's done with the awareness. We watch the way that Karma, action, anything arising, anything going down, the apparent uh, action that's going back and forth that we are deluded by, 
if one is awakened, you're not, it doesn't go away. You're just not deluded by it. You just see that everything that happens is an illusion. Everything that happens is unreal. It has a reality, but it's a relative reality. It's not ultimate. If you're, if anything, anything you're experiencing, including your own insight into your true nature, any of that other malarkey, uh, is just that. If it's, if it shows up, it's unreal. The very words I'm saying are, are unreal. But if you know that it is an illusion, then you're able to function in this world in a way where it's more like a dance rather than warfare or rather than peace there. I'll make peace with anything. Don't perpetuate subtle forms of polarity that just come back out of the darkness as warfare. Look closely. You can do this. I'm only going to, going to explain this so far because I want you to see it. I give you too much information, which is unlikely I'm going to do that. Well, I might. I'll think about it for a while. Get back to you. What did I just say? Was that a joke? Why are you smiling? Well, some of you aren't. See, the, pol the polarity can just do anything. It can go this way. It can go that way. If you are not locked down by belief, polarity, you're free. You're free. You don't care. It isn't that you're ignoring anything, but you really don't care what happens next. Why? There is no next. There's only this. You're here all the time. You are, you are actually in eternity now. You are here now. You don't need a God to pray to to get you out of something into something else. You're already there. This already is the other world, so-called. I rest my case, <laughs> my brief case. It's a very brief case. It's very short, almost like a 30-second, what do you call those things? Spin a lot. Uh, rigmarole. What do you call those? You don't have a name? It's okay. I'll name it at some point. Why does Jason keep leaving? Has to make a head call? Anybody know what that is? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Questions? We have them? Yes, sir. Can we be endeavoring to do nothing with what's arising and still fueling? Yes. yes. Because the, the doing nothing is, is actually a not doing rather than a doing something. If we're, if we're endeavoring to do nothing, then you're trapped in, in that kind of a binary situation, which I think you're, I think you're pretty familiar with. Being a computer, what do you call your, what is your title? Software engineer. Software engineer, yeah. So why do they call it soft? Because it's not hard. I'm not going there. <laughs> and neither are you. Further question? If we have an inkling that we're fueling something, should we just look at it until yes. it becomes clear? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just, yes, don't create out of your incredible intellect. Don't create clarity. Don't get stuck in concepts about clarity. Actual clarity is confusion. It would have to be, it would have to be confusion because if you're clear about clarity, then what good is that? But if the confusion is really difficult and obstructive and tying you in knots and pulling you 
your passion, aggression, and ignorance and curling your consciousness up into, into a ball where you're operating out of fear, then get clear about that. How do you do that? Sit down, hold still, watch what moves so that you're so clear about the movement that when that very simple movement on looking at the wall, observing the wall, when that starts to become, uh, I want to say that, when it starts to just slow way down, when nothing much is happening there, then it's consciousness only. But you won't, will not be able to get a credential for it. You will not be able to recognize it because the very nature of it is there isn't anything. This is why teachers in ancient times would call it emptiness or shunyata. Because when you get start to get closer to the truth, it's less and less and less and less. You start to see that the very things you're thinking don't have, don't carry the weight that you thought they did. They're empty of what you thought they were. Empty of that. Empty, empty, empty. Shunyata. Is doing nothing the best I can do until there is clarity? Yes. But doing nothing, uh, the the training of doing nothing is shikantaza. Sit down. Don't you're not trying to become more meditative or more anything. You're just observing. There isn't much of an agenda other than the one that I would give you by saying get to the wall, or the teachings would give you sit down, meditate, receive what arises. This particular kind of meditation is pretty simple. Sit down, hold still, watch what continues to ramp up. Go ahead. Uh, Heather asks, what is eternity, as you mentioned before? So all I'm saying is a, it's, a, it's a common term that we all have heard, even very young people have heard of this. It just uh, the uh, basic idea is that which lasts forever, uh, which never stops or goes on and on and on into eternity, however you want to say it. So it's a, it's a way, it's a word I can use that is, uh, uh, that you can get caught by, but it's just a way of talking about it. Something, something that does not start up, listen, something that does not start up, something that does not start up cannot end. Reflect on that a moment. If you go into the fourth skanda, the thinking process, it will start to create sparks because everything starts to rub together in that area, that thinking process, because of the very mechanical nature of thinking. So you can't do it with the thinking. You can approach it. You can get close to the to the temple or the, the shrine room or to the, the edge of the black star, the edge of uh, the, the black hole, you get to the edge of, you can't go in it with concepts. You ha it has to be entered with another relative term, consciousness. Even that is, this is the mark, awareness. This is the mark, but it, we need something more. Yes. Um, you spoke earlier of relative uh, knowledge. Yes. Um, and that we need some amount of relative knowledge in life. And is how could one could somebody know if if too much if they're if, if they have too much relative knowledge? Is that eventually? But it's by watching the movement. It's by training the mind so that you're training the awareness of what's showing up rather than try to take what's showing up and train that. So, so if you do that, then you're trying to control, manipulate your thoughts. You're trying to take the karma that arose as your lifetime, and you're trying to be somebody else, somebody who knows more. The very nature of ego is to, is to want something else. The very nature of, nature of suffering is to want 
something else, not whatever shows up uh, is suffering. The first noble truth of the Buddha. It's not nihilism. It's just true. You have nerve endings, you're going to suffer. One of those is being abraded all the time. And if it's if you think it's not, that's ignorance. But beyond bowing, how can we practice being ourselves? Well, you can't. But I know of. it would be a pretense. I just have to be me. Those kind of things. That's all bullshit, basically. Is that a word I can say on YouTube? No, okay. <laughs> I never can remember. I think I've probably asked that question 20 times. I know there's a couple I shouldn't be saying, so I know about those, so you don't have to remind me. In fact, if you reminded me, that would be problematic. Probably. What if you wrote it down? B. Yes. Yeah, okay. Did that answer your question? <laughs> Yeah, what was your question? Why is that I can remember your question and you can't? What happens in that in that little short gap when things change this way and go back this way? And you you you've just lost what you're asking about. Is that true or not? I remember the question. Oh, you're making me a liar. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Give me the question. Even bowing, how can we practice being ourselves? That's close. You can't. But you can you can practice seeing the the self that we continue to reinforce by just anything we'll, we want to be somebody we, we want to be somebody more than just here we've been given this precious human birth and but we can't we can't change it so what i say is don't miss your life receive anything that shows up in your mind stream or your life stream this isn't by way of guilt or by way of being uh, uh, wrong, but you, it's your life. Don't miss that. That's coming up. Feelings that are coming up, nightmares that are coming up are dependently arisen. We can go into the, the, the so-called source of that a little bit. But the way I'm very biased in this area, sit down and hold still and look at the way you keep missing things. Look at the way you keep fighting with things. Anger. Look at the way you keep agreeing with things and building up little stories about who you are, where you're going, and what's valuable, what's not valuable, who's right, who's wrong, the way in which you're right, the way in which somebody else might uh, be opposed to what you're up to. Just observe the movement so that when you get up off the cushion and go into what we commonly call post-meditation, you're able to actually hear and see and smell, taste, touch, hear, and think what is in front of you directly without protecting yourself against other people, and protecting yourself against your own thought patterns. Just receive, receive. The practices, chicken dogs, sit down, hold still, all the senses are on, are open, and whatever shows up, just observe it, like watching clouds. That's the one that I often use, even ugly clouds. Go ahead, Neil Kabbalah, what is the weight of karma? What is the weight? It's just a uh, tied in with your own passion, aggression, ignorance. It's just the, the agreeing with some of it and disagreeing with others and being confused by others. It's just, it's, it's heavy as far as weight, if that's what you're asking about. And just observe that, just receive it. Your karma has been pretty difficult. We're not going to go into that, but it's been very difficult. Here you are. And here you are at five o'clock every morning, right? You didn't think I knew about that, did you? 
I know about everything. Well, there's that one thing. There's that one thing I don't know about yet, but somebody's going to tell me about that. So you're, you're practicing it. You're practicing. You're not required to do that. That's the weight of karma. The weight of karma is so powerful that you, you know, you drag your lazy butt in here to look at the wall and feel useless. Am I close? Yes. Yeah. What is the, is, is the weight also a, another way of talking about the movement? Yeah. It can't be figured out or calculated. Or you, you're going to, you can make a little bit of progress in that area. And some teachers even teach that way. I'm not against that. Some people need that kind of a teaching. You probably need what you're listening to here, or you wouldn't be here, wouldn't keep coming back. So, but there's no sales pitch particularly. There's no, there's no promise. You need to awaken. I want you to. My, I don't care if you're a Buddhist or not. Some teachers teach that you have to do that. I don't think you have to do anything other than wake up, find out what this is, so that you can see that you are uh, deluded by the illusion. And when you're not deluded by the uh, illusion, uh, that means you see that it's an illusion all the time. Everything you look at is vividly unreal. But that doesn't mean it isn't vivid, and that doesn't mean it doesn't smell or taste good or feel bad. Just unreal. Because the polarity that we set up to protect ourselves between me and that terrible stuff over there I got to get away from, I have got to get away from. Sir? How does visceral pain and, and suffering tie into the illusion it's it's just the, the body is an illusion so it's unreal but look where you're here you can pull on your earlobes that's about all the power you have right there uh, fundamentally now if you get into thinking that if i can do this and i can also stop people i can control other people i can lock some people up i can have a political uh a platform that magnetizes the insanity that is in the world and the insanity gets on board because they think you are a, they don't realize you're insane because that that person somehow convinced themselves that they are right and so if you talk to some of these big these people who have control of atomic weapons and so on they think they're right even the, even the the people you know the white hats and the black hats they all think they're right <clears throat> no spiritual path there at least very little Without the spiritual path, uh, this world's going to blow up and come apart. It's inevitable. Can't have that many people in charge of buttons and levers. Can't do it. Better hook to what things that will blow up the planet. And why am I smiling? It's because it's. I'm, I'm smiling because it's. Uh, we don't see that. We have to have a sense of humor about it. It's dependently arisen, so it's not wrong. It's not. It's not like bad or wrong or something like that. It doesn't help. It's a misunderstanding. If, if the people who really are greedy after success or money or power or control or armies or whatever, if they really saw what this was, they would not do that. They would be. They would see that 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 someone around the other side of the world who is starving, and who has a different color skin, and who is hungry, it would help them. It would help them. That's available. If you felt all that going on all at once, it would blow you up. It would blow up. The actual compassion is not a feeling, although it's flooded with feeling. It's just there's nobody. If there's somebody feeling that, what I just 
was experiencing. If there's a person here, I wouldn't be able to stop. Not that I tried to stop, but I would be, I would be overwhelmed by it. So I have a natural, uh, what is that kind of an overwhelmed supervisor in there, which won't let me blow up because I need to be here for a little bit more time. If you, if you really felt what was going on, it would, it would just be too much. It would knock you over. More? What about um, physical pain? If you stub your toe and you feel that pain, how does that tie into? It's there's it's, uh, Buddhism gets very kind of technical with concepts, which is very valuable for all of us. We all study. I encourage to study these concepts. So at one point, that's all we'll study for a year. Will be the Abhidharma material. Is that a joke? What I just said? It's a joke. <laughs> Too difficult. If you want to read the Abhidharma material on yourself, go ahead. I'm sure there's a couple of people in here that would join you. <laughs> it's just very, very conceptual and lots of naming and lots of categorization and so on, but very uh, uh, powerful. So let's go back to it this way. Life is suffering. The cause of desire, the goal of cessation of the path is train your mind or Shila Samadhi and Prajna. And then to come to your area, there's three categories of pain and there's all kinds of nuance, but there's a pain of pain, which is a physical uh, a nerve ending pain and also just a pain in your mind stream of maybe, which we might conventionally call depression, but actually calling it depression locks it down because it doesn't allow any awareness to come in to come into it because we are trying to prevent that by calling it something. Well, it's depression. I have the same thing as she, he, they, everybody else has. No, uh, what you're what you're going through, if you happen to call it by that name, uh, you've actually done a disservice to yourself by using everybody else's name for what you're feeling. Give it your own name. Goose eggs would be good. Mouse knuckles, that works. You ever look at the knuckles of a mouse? Look closely. <laughs> It's that simple, that precise, that accurate to see your own suffering, your own pain. If you, if you call it depression, it might give you a little relief because at least you know other people are dealing with that or the, the therapist, the psychiatrist and so on. That way they can medicate you. So pain of pain, you know about that. Pain of alternation is a, uh, is a another kind of pain that's more challenging because it's uh, that's when you you have no reason at all to feel bad, and yet you feel bad because something's about to come to an end that you really enjoy. You're really enjoying something. Uh, and the one, uh, one I often use is uh, ice cream. You have a half a bowl of ice cream because you've eaten half. So it's half gone. You know, it tastes really good, but you know that's coming to an end. So you're already suffering at the same time in the midst of the pleasure. That's the pain of alternation. Like, I'm going to lose my wife or my girlfriend or my, or I'm going to lose whatever. And then the last one is the pain of the composite or the pain of conditioned existence. And that one uh, is, uh, has a broader perception, more like uh, you, you, you know, not to uh, use a Bill, Bill Clinton's phrase, but you, I feel your pain that one. But you do, you actually start to feel every, someone comes to you with, maybe someone is mad at you about something and maybe even justified for something you forgot to, 
to empty the trash can and it was your job and they're upset with you because you know you're always forgetting that and why do you do that all the time and instead of seeing that the whole situation including that this person is covering up their suffering by being aggressive with you instead of coming to you and just reminding you you needed to do that instead they get upset and that starts to trigger your hidden aggression which you've not really looked at very closely i'm not accusing you of anything i'm just using this as a way of talking about it and then you but you don't see the, the intense suffering that's everywhere the, the person you're that is divorcing you or the person is uh, giving you a, a grade in college that's unfair and there's some kind of perception that's going on that they're unclear about what that is and so they're using that lack of clarity to kind of punish you because that that feeling of power helps them cover up their own suffering and it goes way back into the 13th century when they were tortured by someone this don't believe this but you consider that the time is something we've invented and identification with this body mind as being me or you is something we have it's unreal and if you see this there's two things that happen one is the worst thing that ever happened to your ego I would like to swear here, but I'm not going to. Let, let me just say it this way. You you supply the expletives. It's horrible for ego. It's horrible. So that's the bad side. The thing is that the ego doesn't have to die because it was unreal in the first place. You just see that the self you thought was so uh, offended by things or so coiled up and being tortured by others or or by your own unexplained uh, depression or anxiety. You don't know where that came from. You don't need to know where. You don't need to know the source. You can't find the source of anything. There is no first cause. You're still listening? I still, still listen? Okay. So now comes the, that's the crappy part. Now comes the really good part. You're liberated. Your consciousness is liberated. You might still have a body tagging along with you, but that body is no longer... Uh, uh, in charge of this of anything it's just part of dependent origination it's powerful because it's more than a salt, salt shaker on the on the table across the room because it's your body but not that not a lot of difference it's you have to see it if you see it you're out of here you you've, you aren't even here anymore death can't threaten you can i promise you that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cheapen the whole thing by promising you anything it's your liberation not mine you liberate yourself you find out who you are. That's my motivation for continuing to live. More? Thank you. Rayhan from the UK asks, what is real? Well, it seems to relative what is real, what is unreal. So we use that. But uh, what is real and substantial, what is unreal. And so you could say uh, everything is unreal. Any item, anything, you can't find reality because you are not separate from reality. But as long as you're selective and picking on this and pushing that and trying to find on some kind of a, um, you know, like the Blues Brothers on a mission from God. Remember that? Anybody? No. Nobody watches the Blues Brothers? You did. Okay. But there's no, there's no otherness that's real. This is the reality. Don't leave it. Don't abandon your life. Don't don't miss your life for something for trying to be something else. Be this right here. This is it. This is your earlobe. Why do you think his earlobes are so long? <laughs> he had to do it twice. <laughs> Not so. He's actually that's symbolic of of being formerly a royalty, being a, a 
a prince, his earrings were so heavy, they pulled his earlobes down. But when he became a sannyasin, he took those earrings out. Or maybe that's another reason. Maybe have had elephantiasis in his earlobes. Yes. Ross from Dublin says, would it be correct to say that the illusion is patterned, that it appears with regularities? I, I think so. You could, say, you could say that about it, but that's still just a, an explanation or a, a you know, kind of a diagramming. That, and that might help you because just that's the same thing with the five skandhas, uh, the four noble truths, the eightfold path, the 12 links on the chain of existence are very much a diagramming that shows or pattern that shows the way that takes hold, uh, the way that you slowly grasp something and, the, and it materializes right in the middle of your hand. The issue there that happens is we want so much to control because we're, we're, we're we are afraid, we're so identified with this body that is threatened. All of our bodies are threatened, we can't live forever. So it's doing okay right now, it won't last. Other questions? Why not? Just say, say why not? Why not? Okay. Good. Is is the confusion that we're looking at more than a conceptual confusion? It's under the confusion is under the concepts get on top of it and it can show up in the form of well if she hadn't said that or or if I hadn't done this if I just tried to cool it at that time. It's just a, a hell of a, a three-ring circus of circularity. It's in circles that looks like a straight line. It looks like we're actually dealing, but but we've closed it down to just this little incident, just this little story, just this little melodrama about me and my life and what I said, what they said, what he said. And what when they said that, then I just, I was done with it. I walked right out. I mean, we'll tell these little stories and we'll tell others. We'll reify that. We'll constantly chatter ourselves. When I say don't do that, I, I know you can't stop because I can't stop. The stories are still running rampant in my mind. It's just there's, there's uh, if I may say it this way, there's no one here anymore. And there's no one here there either, but you don't see it. So how do I teach? I'm teaching out of what I'm looking at. I don't see any solid se separate beings anywhere. All I, If there's any kind of identity at all, I just see myself everywhere in everybody's eyes. That doesn't mean that you're over there and I'm over here. It means not separate, fundamentally not separate. You have to see it. Yes, sir. When you look back at us, when you look at us, what comes back? Is there any, they're different, but do they have any deeper meaning? Is there, but it's not, I don't know how helpful, but I have to use relative concepts. There are no ultimate concepts. Otherwise, they wouldn't be ultimate. There would be relative concepts about something. It's always about something. So when you see it, then you're, you're tongue-tied, you're speechless, unless, unless you're me in which you keep on chattering away. So, but there was a time when I was, when I was looking at it and could not talk about it. Uh, 20, 30 years ago, I've been looking at it for a long time, but only recently started talking about it. So, but further, but If you meet someone else. Which I do sometimes. <laughs> was at the same Level, place, level, place. Means the same level as I. 
<laughs> like, well, he's not really. <laughs> or, or maybe, uh, nah. Could you like have a chat about what you're That's a good question. I would not have anything to say, and they probably wouldn't care to talk to me at all. I wouldn't care to talk to them. Sometimes if I think about, if I met my two main teachers, Chogyam uh, Trungpa Rinpoche or Coben, I might, we might pass the time of day. I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt if they, if they, wouldn't, why would I want to? When I say why, it's a why question, but it, it's like, I don't have anything to say to them. If I said anything to either one of them, I would say thank you. And that would be very simple, straightforward. Uh, yeah. It depends on the situation. It would be situational. So it's, for one thing, it's very speculative. Um, but I'm not separate from either one of those gentlemen. I was separated from them when I met them and I saw it. And I saw there's something different about both of them. And the, the second one, uh, Kovancina Roshi, it took me 10 years or something to see what his teaching was and to see that he was my teacher. Let's say you're going to have to go through that kind of thing. Maybe so, maybe not. It took me a long time. I'm very slow at everything. You can see that, can you? I can relate. You what? I can relate. Relate to what? The slowness. Oh, it took me a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a, a further question about anything? Yes. Is it our karma that has brought us all here today? Yeah, yes. Yeah, no, there are no accidents. Everything is totally auspicious and present. No accidents between anything. But you won't see that as long as you're looking for some kind of proof, as long as you're looking for some other thing. It's, it's in the manifestation. It's just authentic. Uh, Trungpa Rinpoche would say authentic presence. It's just authentic. There's no backup. It, it carries its own reality. Uh, in and of itself, and it's not separate from anything. So this is why His Holiness the 16th Karmapa, when he was passing away, when he, when he went into his Parinirvana in 1981 in Chicago or near Chicago, said nothing happens. It was, it was an ultimate teaching. Here he was passing away. So nothing, nothing occurs, nothing happens. And of course it does, but that's the illusion. So he was using relative words to point to the ultimate. Nothing happens. Don't miss it. Don't miss that that insight that you is, is your birthright. If you're a human being, you're in this realm. Uh, this has been happening down through the centuries. This is something, something Chazan in his uh, uh, Buddhist teachings uh, talks on uh, Fridays, which you shouldn't miss. Uh, talks about generation after generation after generation of uh, people in the Chinese and uh, uh, well, Tibetan, Chinese, Japanese, mainly Japanese right now, but some Korean teachers have been saying that there's lots of people pointing at this. Some of them are pointing and there's a lot of people around them are listening, whether a few of them understood deeply and transcended their personal self. It's hard to say, but the teaching is there. The teaching is here. I have no, I have no credentials. If it, I, I would say to you, like I often say, this doesn't make any sense to you, probably it's not your cup of sake. You're bowing. The title of your talk is Karma Can't Unplug. Yes. 
Is that different from I can't unplug my karma? About the same question about that. It just sounds like karma is some sort of, I don't know, ethereal, magical, something that we're caught up in. Well, we are caught, but it's seeing that nothing is caught. That's that's transcending this, the, the, the part of consciousness that keeps trapping itself out of fear in what's uh, traditionally called uh, the seventh consciousness. In the Yogacara tradition, the eight consciousnesses of the first five uh, of the sense feels consciousness and then uh, the six which is the thinking process just this is generic form which gathers the first five together it feels like there's an individual there in this body mind and then the seventh which is uh which is a uh, frightened and operating out of different kinds of polarities like self-love self uh reference everything is about me You'll, you can see that if you ever uh, if you have a dog or if you don't have a dog, but let's say you have a dog and you start to talk to someone about your dog and they immediately talking about their, start talking about their dog. So instead of being able to actually listen to you and receive, and maybe you don't even mention you have a dog because you're receiving them, you're listening to them. You, uh, you can even say, not, I'm not talking about uh, the, the, the kind of uh, uh, affection uh, that is the general uh, uh, popular kind, but I'm saying you, you fundamentally love them, you care about them. This doesn't mean you're going to side with their bullshit. You don't have to agree with anything. Don't agree with anything. Don't disagree with anything. And don't ignore anything. Those are the three poisons, passion, aggression, and ignorance. Those three, that's the formula coming out of Buddhism and ancient India. So you may not, they may not, may not even know you have a dog. But you're very interested in there. Are you interested? Maybe not in the dog part of it, but in every part, every the way they talk, the way they, the way their voice goes up in certain areas, the way their voice tapers off, the way they shape their words. If you watch me shape words, I, I say things incorrectly, and I come back and reshape it. Am I correcting myself? No. It's not a correction. It's awareness doing that. There's no person here trying to improve on anything. When you're bowing, is karma the same as dependent origination? Yeah, it's a, it's a personal, we personalize it by saying, well, that's your karma. But, but fundamentally, it's, there's no you there, and there's no, there's no ownership there. You don't own anything. You've been liberated from that, that prison of your preconceptions, your ideas, your concepts, your judgments of other, other, of judgments of others. Other people are suffering, too, the same way you are. In your mind is, I don't know, sometimes it can be, someone can say, oh, it's just your karma. It sounds very flippant. It is. But this, what you're saying, doesn't sound flippant. It's not. It's, it's heartbreaking to see the people who are trapped by the causes and conditions. They, they're pe people that will never, even if you drug them in here and made them listen to this talk, they're not ready for this. This is not their lifetime to, to open to what I, I am endeavoring to point to. Endeavor. I'm, saying, I'm trying to point to it. So when I, so there are people that would come in, people have come in and listened, never see them again. This doesn't mean that they didn't meet Dalai Lama three years from hence and suddenly become a student of Dalai Lama or another teacher mm -hmm. altogether, or maybe have some kind of realization on their own, possible. Everyone is so unique, and that's that's part of the illusion 
of ego is that we can see we're so different. Nobody's, you know, have the same fingerprints. We don't have the same, you know, we can recognize somebody's voice. Um, but there's no person there. There's a powerful illusion we are deluded by more. When you're bowing, sometimes you describe dependent origination as an avalanche. I do. What is our position in that avalanche? You're right in the middle of everything falling apart. The avalanche is coming down at you through the force of gravity. It's just, and you're ignoring gravity, thinking that you're perfectly safe in the middle of this. This avalanche started up here a million years ago, and it's been happening. And you're in the middle of that, and you're going down with the rest of humanity as we blow ourselves apart, or who knows what's going to happen. Maybe that won't, maybe the aliens will finally have some pity on us and, and stop being uh, irritated by the fact that we kill our own kind. We, you know, they don't do that to them, to each other, or do they? Well, we don't know. But it's a pretty full universe of consciousness showing up in different ways. Alien forms are just as welcome here as any other kind, so-called alien. Go ahead. When you're bowing, what is then our responsibility in the midst of this avalanche? Awaken. Awaken to who you, what this is, what these feet, these knees, these elbows, these hands, these earlobes. What is this? What is, what is this fundamentally? I know it's an earlobe, and I know it's an old man's head. But what is it fundamentally? Find out. Don't get your information from anything but your consciousness. That being said, you get support from others who are also trying to see what is this? What is this fundamentally? Not just a human ear, not just that's irritating to feel that. Irritating. Ir yeah, that's that's an intentional thought. <laughs> <laughs> You're disgusting. <laughs> That's like the one, that other one. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Oh, it's not as good as yours. So, <laughs> so the important thing there is to, in the avalanche here, if you look at the top of the mountain and the bottom of the mountain, it doesn't take long. So the timing is, uh, is aside because the timing of the avalanche of beingness is uh is in motion but the motion is hardly we can't even measure it it's so subtle but it's occurring and you're in the middle of that you you're there and you can either stay asleep and keep continue to go down with those who believe this is real and go down what will happen then i don't know maybe maybe nothing maybe that'll be the best direction to go but you could awaken in the middle of that and begin to uh either just be awake or you could begin to point if you have the karma to do that you could you might have students i don't know i don't have thousands of students even hundreds i have a few dozen go ahead when you're bowing can we impact our karma bowing? you could there's some you impact it by doing this you impact it you change it it's just that you're not going to improve on it. You're going to make it more circular by trying to push on it, pull on it, because you're trying to empower the personhood to be somebody who can impact their karma. And I finally overcome this, right? And I'm not against those practices. I'm very much in favor of people going to therapists, people 
uh, uh, participating in whatever way will help them and going to 12-step programs. If that's all you can do, do that. But if you can do that and also uh, have an awareness practice there too, good idea so that you, so you're less likely to accuse others of, of how you feel. If you blame anyone else for how you feel, the very nature of confusion is to think other people are causing your feelings. <laughs> There's no way they can do that. Nobody can cause anything. More. Yes. Andrew asks, is the Blues Brother a movie about karma? Every movie is about karma. Every movie, even the really the ones that really suck. You should watch them anyway. Some of the best movies are what B movies. You don't watch porn though. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Heather asks, can you speak to including others defining you as crazy? Who calls me crazy? This is Heather Toyman. I want their names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Heather. Oh, she's just as crazy as I am. So I'm not concerned with that. But she's saying, can you speak to including others defining you as crazy? I can speak to it. What do you want me to say? So crazy, crazy is, is may look crazy to someone who is trying to make sense of everything in the relative way. That's the only thing I could say is they're judging anybody by what is happening uh, totally. You have to do something with someone's actions. If somebody's hurting somebody or murdering somebody, you need to help. I'm not saying just be back. You're some kind of holy person that never interferes with anything. That's bullshit. I mean, you, you need to help based on if it shows up in front of you, help. That's not interfering. So, and if it's uh, someone who uh, has said, who says, I am uh, crazy, then they can say that. So I don't know what I would say. I certainly wouldn't argue with them. I, I may just agree, yeah, I'm probably I'm crazy. Yes. Adriana asks, is the illusion of my selfhood my karma? To some extent, insofar as you grasp at your at being a certain way, I'm really a failure, or I'm really, really, I'm really wonderful, I'm really success. That's the whole uh, pride shame spectrum. Those two go together. You can't have pride without shame. And shame is the underlayment of the puffing up pride part. And then when that collapses, as you know experientially, when that collapses down into shame, it's pretty hard to fundamentally feel prideful about everything. Anytime anything really good happened to you in that situation, you would think, well, I don't really deserve that. I'm not really worth it. I shouldn't be getting that. People work with that in different ways. Um, coming out of Munoz questioning, um, in the meditation instruction today, it's they had the part where you say you can't change the course of a comment by blowing on it. You have to be the comment. Yes. If we see that we are the comment, do we have any desire to change the course anymore? No, not not any fundamental desire because you understand it. You see that it's dependent arisen. You, you, who you are can't be destroyed because it's it's uncreated, it's unborn, unceasing with a nature like the sky. To say it in a traditional, it's unborn, so it can't come. It's not coming into its existence. The body comes and goes. Atomic warfare will come and go. The Second World War came and went. And my, it came and my 26-year-old my, uh, father died in Germany. But was that bad or wrong? 
No, it's dependent origination. That's not, doesn't mean we write it off and say, well, we're some kind of fatalist, we can't do anything about anything. We, we probably could, but it's unlikely that we'll do it by thinking about it because uh, you saw the movie, Don't Look Up. That's very, a very good example of how crazy it is and how humorous it is and how, how it's, a, it's, it's an avalanche. It's, it has a lot of weight of its own coming down. So we can have a little bit of humor in the middle of that. Is there a final question before we close? Kayun going. Yes, Kayun, go ahead, please. Um, I remember when I first took a class about karma at the Shambhala Center, they said it wasn't about accumulating good or bad karma, but not accumulating any karma. Are we neutralizing karma by receiving it? Yeah. I, I think the idea with neutralizing it, I think we are somewhat. Uh, there's, and it would, it would depend on the karma that's rising as you or, or as you hung or Chisho or, or this old man, that it would depend on that. It's so, it's, there's so many moving parts to it that are, are not really moving. That's an illusion too. So you could say it that way, we're somewhat neutralizing it. What we're doing is we're, we're actually acknowledging that there's a lot of space around what is showing up as an as a item, an object, a feeling, an emotion, an activity, this and this and this, and I can go on and on as you could too, but there's a space around all of that, just to use a relative uh, construct that is not doing anything. It is actually providing, if you continue with the relativity of it, the space for any of that crap to occur or to not occur. So we are slowly changing our, our identification through the practice of meditation, through awareness practice, through relating to a teacher who understands what this is. It's not his, his or her opinion. They're looking at it. That's, I often say, if someone teaches out of what they know, it might be a great philosophical discourse on the nature of the Avatamsaka Sutra or the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra, and all the other sutras that we study and we should study. But the understanding goes beyond all of that. And when it goes beyond all of that, it is like, not it's not the same, but it's like all the pieces and parts that look like right and wrong and up and down and back and forth and should be and shouldn't be, and atomic explosions and wonderful gardens of Eden uh, in the middle of the Mojave. You can go on and on with this. Uh, to your alliance, uh, if there is any, is with the space itself. You actually transcended the, the grasping, the rejecting, and the shutting down of the three poisons. And when, when that happens, the, the identity in the sixth con seventh consciousness starts to come apart. It starts to melt, it starts to smell, and it starts to struggle, but eventually it just doesn't, it doesn't have, it, it has no gravitas anymore as if it ever did. It's just not there. And, but what is there? Space. And is it, is it really space? No, it's not space. Space is not spacious. Space is only spacious in a relative sense. In an absolute sense, uh, there is no such thing. Otherwise, it couldn't be absolute. But if you say there is no such thing, that creates another polarity. And so we're right back to square one. As long as there are eyes, nose, tongue, body, mind functioning, you're going to have to deal with that, um, that kind of uh, paradox. Thank you so much.
Hi, my name is Kozan, and I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I practice with the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your donations to support our programming of practice, study, and teachings, and to fund scholarships that help our full-time practice residents with tuition and living expenses. Thank you for helping our Sangha.